You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you're listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast number 149. It's been a fairly eventful weekend in Scottish football. Uh, and here to look back over the weekend, it's myself, Andrew Gamba, and I'm joined by Ryan Crombie. How you doing, Gamba? I'm doing fine. How are you getting on? I'm alright, a bit tired, but I can get by. We'll get, we'll get, I'm sure the next hour, hour and a half, we'll hopefully keep you awake for the rest of it. Uh, Lewis, how are you? Lewis Kemp. I'm okay, Gamba. Um, I'm happy we're now in the studio, finally. Yes, uh-huh, we've been, we've been kind of locked out of our studio for Christ knows how long. Uh, we've been recording it on phones, iPods, everything, but we're finally back in the Burst Ball Bunker. And uh, it will sound good. Yes, it will. It will sound good. Much better than before. What we'll was that? To, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, be able to, we'll be able to talk shite right into your ear. Uh, good. Excellent. <laughs> uh, right, we should <laughs> just start off with uh, do I just start off with the old farm. 5-1 Celtic. Yeah, yeah. I'll start here. Yeah, Rangers won, Celtic five. Lewis, this was a game that, that we went to on uh, on well midday on Saturday. Um, <laughs> it was good day out, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it was uh, good to come home with uh, with three points in the bag and mm. uh, one step closer to an unbeaten season. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was. It was just just incredible, wasn't it? Uh, I was. I was outstanding, and one of those real. What was it like? It was eighteen hundreds or something. Aye, I don't yeah. even know if eighteen ninety seven. I'm going to say yeah. Celtic's biggest win since Ibrox. Uh, had the feeling of being really historic at the time, um, uh. and afterwards as, as well. I think you kind of got the gravity of, of the situation. Um, I was uh, unbelievable, and I don't think you could ever expected that to happen. Brian, did you expect anything like that to happen? No, not at all. Uh, well. <laughs> You could also yes. I just think there was this like facade from the Rangers fans that they were going to put in a better performance when there was not really any evidence to mm. show that they would. Um, they wanted a bit more passion after the semi final, uh, but you just you can give passion against the Celtic team, but still come away with a four 0 defeat. Mm. In this case, they got five one defeat. <laughs> um, it was. I mean, certainly in the preview podcast, I was saying I can't see Rangers being as bad as they were at Hamden, and maybe I've just completely overestimated the abilities of this Rangers team I, I think you're underestimating the abilities of the Celtic team I think it's very it's not about what other teams do against Celtic it's very much what kind of Celtic mm. teams turn up this uh, is Scott Brown's kind of thing isn't it if, that he's been saying after every game that Celtic have won yeah, if I mean, we turn up we know we're going to win yeah. and I mean a lot of people might not like to hear that but from a neutral perspective um, mm. if Celtic play to the best of ability they're going to beat anyone in the league mm. but it's not I mean to fight a 5-1 I mean Lewis we'll, we'll, do, you want, do you want to kind of quickly go through the game uh, yeah um, firstly Beerman's tackle was uh, one of the most unnecessary things <laughs> I've, I've ever seen in a football pitch it's so strange wasn't it because we were at the game and we yeah. saw and we saw the tackle go in and there's a brief like I'm going to say 10 seconds before he actually gives the penalty when the tackle goes in and Kind of looking about, going. He's not actually going to book Roberts here, is he? That's absolutely a penalty. But I, I, I was surprised that we were given a penalty so early. I don't know if that's been very mm. uh, 
pessimistic. <laughs> reading, uh, reading too many Paul Larkin's books. Uh, perhaps, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the delay almost suggested that the officials couldn't even believe he made that challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's actually a good point because it was just, I mean, there's, there's no argument that it was. Like, <laughs> even the officials were uh, looking at him like, what the fuck? Uh, he's, probably, he's probably just gone to his linesman. You, you have seen that, right? Like, I, I didn't just imagine that in my head. No, he, he did actually put that tackle in. Yeah, and, and the, I think the big thing as well from a Rangers point of view is that being in that stadium, they were really, really loud, and Rangers fans were really up for it, Aye. and that deflated them, and mm. they, they never recovered from that. No, um, there was, I mean, the, it kind of turned towards a kind of anger of getting to them Rangers to what you doing Rangers <laughs> yeah I think so a lot of Rangers fans and rightly so does thought that there was going to be a bit of a reaction from uh, Sunday mm. and it turns out they get hammered um, by even more goals um, but I think because there's been a lot of talk about Rangers in the aftermath of this and how they didn't turn up and how they'll need to recruit in the summer and whatever Um I don't think enough attention went on Celtic. For me, this is Celtic's best performance of the season by mm. quite a distance. And I think even if Rangers do play better, there's no there's no chance of winning this game. And I think it's still a comfortable Celtic win. It mm. might not be five one, but it's still a very comfortable Celtic win. Yeah, um, Lee Griffiths scoring in the second half, which just an, an excellent goal. But kind of kind of highlighted the kind of shortcomings in the Rangers team because. Uh, Heinzman isn't it loses the ball in midfield yeah I and think there's three t- from from Heinzman t- taking the ball down there's three touches and it's in the back of the net yeah I think this one just kind of summed up if there are problems at Rangers this is probably why um, <coughs> completely overrunning the midfield um, Heinzman as he said lost the ball and it only took three touches for, <laughs> for the ball to go in the net and Fodringham who's came in for a lot of plaudits this year um, settling comparison to his teammates um I think he, although it's a good strike, I think he, maybe he could be mm. doing a wee bit better in that situation. Um, Callum McGregor then scoring again. Um, Kenny Miller getting one back from Rangers 10 minutes of time. Sorry, Dedrick Boyata's header. How could I forget Dedrick Boyata's header? Uh, Kenny Miller then getting one back 10 minutes of time to make 4 1. And then probably the pick of the bunch. <laughs> Uh, Mikhail Listig scoring uh, a couple of minutes from time, which was just incredible, incredible. Yeah, but pick it up because before it, and I think even actually last week as well, you were saying, "Oh, I, I want Listig to score." So ah, badly. yeah, this is and this would be something I really, game. really want. And because f- I think when we were expecting him to score, uh, oh, if we were expecting him to score, I think we were expecting Heather, and it turned out to be this amazing run <laughs> and brilliant finish in the corner of the net and yeah it was celebration was uh, interesting as well to say the least the other kind of major talking point from the game is the, the Simeonovic tackle on Kenny Miller now I mean there's still fallout from this uh, Kenny Miller's not happy at all I, mean, I saw a story in the record where he was saying you know it's, I can't believe a foul wasn't given just going around I the Rangers TV Commentators were overly happy either. Did you hear that? Yes, uh, I believe they'll be going to the SFA. Can you go to the SFA over a tackle? Can you put in an appeal for a, a card to be given in a game? I don't mm, think no, so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so kind of just going around. I mean, I know that we've got we've got no Rangers fans joining us this this pod, but it's fine, right? I'm, I'm not just imagining this. It's just a big tackle. Yeah, I would say it's an okay. I, I think it was an just excellent tackle. Yeah, yeah, it's a good tackle. I think it's just because it's timed so perfectly. Mm. Um, any si- other side of the ball, and he takes a bit more mm. of the man, then you could probably have a bit of complaint. But now nah, he totally got the ball and 
there's not really any question whether no. it was a sending off as Rangers fans seem to deem it as. I'm just going to briefly before we move on from Celtic to kind of talk about Rangers um, I wanted to talk a bit more about Semenovic I think that tackle's kind of just summed up his year at Celtic composed completely knew what he was doing didn't look out of place but there was a lot of like, kind of power behind it as and well then, of course uh, Leipzig after Semenovic funnily enough there seemed to be a lot of uh, contacts uh, Leipzig mm. and uh, some Scottish, Scottish uh, media <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I think even for him to be kind of linked to these calls, whether it's true or not, um, says a lot about him. No, given I mean, that at was, the start of the year, he was maybe he's, he, he, he well he was off. And uh, I mean, Torino aren't exactly a, a small team. I that's mean, what I was going to say. It's amazing the kind of season he's had, given the fact he didn't seem too certain about his future. Uh, um, I mean, you know, if a team if a team like Torino are looking at him, then. To have a season where I can't really think of any games where you've thought, Jesus, I mean, obviously awful. You know, I can't, I can't think yeah. of any games that he's really had this season where you can, can lay the blame on him for any. But then again, I suppose Celtic really haven't had many poor results. <laughs> and the big thing as well is he's still so young. And so twenty two. I'm right in thinking. Let's say twenty two. Yeah, uh, and I think, I suppose this year, it's maybe not. He's maybe not had a a guy beside him that's been there for the full season it's been chopping and changing it's been Aye. Toure or Sviachenko or uh, now Bayata um, Lustig's played beside him at Lustig as well yeah yeah. but I mean I think uh, it's hard to kind of complain mm. with the fence given how good we are but I think uh, maybe even having someone beside him he, an experienced kind of player beside yeah. him and he'll, he'll grow he'll get even better than he is at the moment but yeah at the moment he's he's been He's been outstanding, yeah, uh, and definitely far away a best centre back, and he was again excellent on uh, on Saturday. And um, the, the one other player from the Celtic team I really want to touch on is Callum McGregor, who scored again. Um, I don't, I don't know if this is too much of a kind of well, he scored in two in two old fun games, so let's just let's just throw him in. But given the kind of form and the kind of performances he's been putting in in recent weeks, and the fact that Tom Rogic is back for Celtic now and he hasn't yeah. walked back into the team is. A kind of you know testament to the the form that Callum McGregor's on. Would you guys have him in the Scotland squad coming up against England? Uh, I would say if he puts in the same level of performance as he has been until the end of the season, mm. definitely. Uh, I saw something today that, in terms of Strachan's having a bit of a problem because of the Championship season down in England's finishing quite early. Um, and people aren't getting enough games, and they'll be a bit rusty. Um, so he's thinking about freshening up, bringing fresh faces in. I know certainly Shane and yeah, McLean. Yeah, and McLean were ones he was talking about, but if you're speaking about Shane McLean, then you've got to obviously speak about McGregor, given the quality that he has and the form he's shown over the recent weeks. So, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that as well. I mean, he's in these two games, it's been a kind of... It's been a similar kind of transformation from to well, to what's happened with Armstrong really. Mm. Um, I think a long time for a long time McGregor was seen as this kind of utility player, a guy who <coughs> we can maybe ha- replace quite easily in the summer, and he's he's taken a lot of confidence from Rogers. Mm. Rogers has made him a better player, 
and yeah, I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be given a cop, especially as we've seen how well Armstrong's done mm. uh, with Strachan. Whether it was the best debut ever or, or not, it was still a very impressive debut. And so if, I, if McGregor can do, you know, e- even half that, I think he'll he'll be a real asset to Scotland. Mm. I think it's something a bit different. Do you know what I mean for the Scotland yeah. team? It just stagnating a wee bit, and it needs a wee bit of injection of. A lot, freshness a lot of energy he yeah. brings a lot of yeah. energy to the team and um, he's got a good, good kind of knack of going this is going to sound stupid but going forward with the ball yeah, like yeah, he'll yeah. turn he, and he'll go he, forward he's one of the only few players um, certainly on Sunday I, I got that impression that he was kind of walking forward for the pass or, or he was passing forward mm-hmm. whereas um, well I suppose the other players get that as well but I, I just get that feeling that he He's maybe more looking, than others. Maybe uh, more than others is kind of looking for that through ball, looking for that kind of final pass. And you know, we'll talk about Scotland and um, a lot of deficiencies we have. Certainly, passing might be one of the kind of top ones of the list. Yeah. Um, well, kind of speaking of deficiencies, uh, yes. the Rangers, the Rangers team, great leading. <laughs> um, where where to start? Does anybody want to kind of direct me where to start, or do we want to do we want to start with? Let's start with it. Let's start with the team selection. Do you think he got it right with the team selection? Because I certainly don't. I think he should have no. gone with a flat midfield five. Yeah. Or okay. so, or maybe even a a four two three one or something like that, where you can have two sitting in front of your defence and then a three in front of them. Well, I think you I saw didn't when see what, why Conan don't do pro at all. I think you saw when he brought on Halliday. Was it half time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. That he realised he'd made a bit of an error with the team selection. And he said in his post-match interview that he accepted full and utter responsibility for the defeat. So it, he kind of hinted at that he made the wrong tactical decisions going into the game. Yes, um, Lewis, anything you would quite like to add about it? Uh, I, I think I'd go along with the fact that they didn't you know, start with those three in midfield. Um, interesting that Terrell didn't start um, mm. certainly it kind of gives kind of credence to some of those rumours that were going about um, he's going to have a hard time getting in the Celtic team I'll say that yep <laughs> no no what, what, in terms of the rumours about like because um, it was Heinemann that was like oh Heinemann sorry like, <laughs> in, in terms of how Terrell's apparently pulled out of all the Celtic games um, mm. for whatever reason uh, but certainly if you want to make it Arsenal Scared. which is well that's what it looks like and if you want to make it Arsenal then you can't be pulling out of games against Celtic surely that will give you the best experience for going at Premier League do, not, do, not, know know. Your, do not know your English Premier League memes Sorry. Lewis Arsenal, Arsenal are wimps that can't yes. handle big games Oh, Sanchez can't handle tackles Ooh. No, but uh, <laughs> yeah the, 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 he got the tactics completely wrong bringing on Gardner as well um, did nothing bring on Halliday did nothing because Halliday's shit um, I thought Waghorn was completely useless as usual. He's I mean, done. He's done Waghorn, right? I, I'd think so, but who can they get I mean, this better? <laughs> it's 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 a very very strange one, isn't it? Like just how we we don't know what kind of caliber of player they can bring in because well, I suppose we kind of do. It's your Joey Barnes, it's your Nico Crankards, it's your Jordan Rossers. Like, all of who have not made an impression at all. <laughs> but the, the, the thing is, I still think with a decent manager in there, and I suppose you still need to give Pedro Cachinha some time. But for me, based on the evidence so far, 
it doesn't look good, but you do need to give him time and hope that he can get the best out of out of these players. Um, and you know that's the, the thing is like it's not like Aberdeen are spending one point eight million on a striker, and they're still okay. They're nowhere near Celtic, but they're still at least mm. doing a lot better than what Rangers are doing. I'd say. Yeah. Um, and Rangers have, it's not like I'm always talking about Rangers having to spend 10 million and stuff I don't think they do I think the budget last year was fine I, I don't think there was an issue there I think I, I just think they need to spend it a lot more wisely certainly um, Warburton signing the majority of those players on the contracts that he did was not I mean Hill, Hill's the only real summer signing that's worked out for them I and even so, yeah, he's only and even that's a very anyway. very short sighted yeah I don't I mean short sighted is always kind of used as a really like yeah but it's 40 so yeah aye so uh, <laughs> if they kind of show up the defence it's, it's season, not just that it's the buying his all the loan players and a lot of players that just aren't good enough these English League One level players that will have very little, if any, resale value, and that's what you have to do. You have the scouting has been a massive issue at Rangers for a while, um, but I, I don't know. I think if they can get the recruitment sorted, get I, a director I, of football in that knows what he's doing. Oh, Still yeah, don't know about uh, this, do we? It's, uh, there's a lot of there's uh, a lot of issues at the moment with Rangers, but um, uh, but it looks uh, it looks uh, like he's uh, going to. Uh, if we're just basing it on what I've seen so far and these two old firm games, it doesn't look good. Mm. It really doesn't. It does look like he's going to have quite a big clear out because we're sp- speaking about this earlier with the Rangers TV interview with him. Like, they absolutely grilled him on that, didn't they? Which was incredible to see from kind of club media them going, you need to get rid of some of these players, <laughs> <Nah>. basically. Because <laughs> they, they asked him once and he kind of gave your usual manager's answer. Uh, asked him again and he kind of did the same and then asked him again and he kind of caved into the fact that yes he will have to have a big clear out over the summer and I think it'll be interesting to see if he brings a lot of foreign influence into his team mm. or sticks with sort of UK based players if you will over the summer um, but I think it's just a term uh, a case of giving him time over the summer to bring in his own players and then judge him after that but certainly his managerial um, skills have been put to the test and he's not really passing them at the minute. Mm. No, and I think as well, if you look at that Celtic team, I think other than Sinclair, that's the same team pretty much as last year that get absolutely, well, didn't get beat obviously, but um, what was the semi-final to Rangers? Mm. Rangers dominated that game. Far, far, head and shoulders above Celtic. And you've seen what a good manager has done to those players, Bayata, McGregor, Brown, Armstrong. It's a, it's uh, just an incredible comparison with Scott Brown. I mean, yeah. I thought I, I thought after that semi final last year, yeah, he's finished. Yeah, yeah. I, I said that on this very podcast. I said I think he's done, and we've seen the massive transformation. Yeah. What's happened this season? So that that is all it takes, really. Obviously, they'll need to recruit proper as well because all these players aren't up to it. I think that's pretty clear. Um, but I, I, just, I, just, I would worry at the moment because, as Ryan's kind of pointed out and I've pointed out as well, it's not looking good so far. And it, at, at the moment, based on a couple of games we have seen, he does look a wee bit out of his depth. I think the thing to point out was as well that he said, I think it was the semi-final, he was explaining tactics to his team 
uh, and then they went out and did absolutely none of it. Yeah. So I don't know if the players are not used to his style of management yet. Could just be playing um, playing the same style for the because this could be kind of Warburton's legacy, couldn't if it? <laughs> if they're still affected by what's happened at Rangers over the mm. past few months, um, I think you'll just have to wait and see, if but you e- will. But even this comparison, though, I mean, Marty managed to get a pretty decent performance out of them. I know, true. Obviously, if Marty had been in charge on Sunday, Celtic would still have. I've won very comfortably, I think. But I think yeah, Celtic probably would have won that game regardless. Yeah. Not 5-1. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know if you would, would it would have been 5-1. I don't know. I mean, I think it says a lot that this caretaker manager, that it was the most disastrous thing in the world if he was going to uh, take charge at the end of the season. The fact he's had a much better performance than uh, either mm. Warburton or Pedro Cachinho's had this season says quite a lot about Rangers no. six six games of two teams have played that's the only time Celtic haven't taken maximum points or progressed in the next round yeah. Yeah. Um, any kind of final thoughts we want to talk about the game or do we want to move on now we shall move on exhausted. yeah I, 20 minutes we've been talking about Christ uh, we'll move on well Considering that Rangers lost at Ibrox, either Aberdeen or St Johnston were going to take advantage of this. Um, St Johnston did with a 2 0 win at Pataudry. The home record's just gone completely to shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Danny Swanson and Craig Thompson, n- not that one, uh, sc- <laughs> scored uh, for St Johnston. Ryan, <laughs> is this more of the kind of Aberdeen, which has become a bit of a theme, the Aberdeen post split? Collapse almost. I don't know if collapse is the correct term, but jitters. I, don't I, know. I think it's a correct term. Collapse. We'll, we'll say collapse, like the world famous <laughs> Gary Lock bounce. Yeah. It almost it almost seems like it, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, there was the performance was decent on mm. Saturday. I wasn't there, so from what I can gather, it was a good performance up until the it was a a pass back that gave it's, away it's, I know it's, it, it didn't mm, it's a bit it dodgy a, isn't it yeah it was a bit of a dodgy decision um, I don't think if St Johnston don't get that decision then I think the game either is a draw or we go on to win it um, it just changes the momentum of the game and I think Derek McKinnis said after um, of course Aberdeen then go on to chase it and you lose a goal on the counter and before you know it, it's 2-0 uh, so I don't think the performance was too concerning but in the grand scheme of things the record's in terms of the post-split record, it still kind of stands that we've won three, two. It's two out two, of, two out of ten. ten. Yeah, two out of ten post-split games mm. with Derek McInnes in charge. Uh, I don't know if that's down to the early starts in terms of European qualification, but it needs to be rectified mm. if we're going to secure that second spot. Well, it is, it is at nine points. Um, however, St Johnson are only six off of Rangers now. Uh, I, I saw, I believe it was one of the by the men, but I think it was by the men Aberdeen or so, if it was something like that. It was just a case like I fucking hate playing St Johnston. <laughs> it was just your typical Aberdeen St Johnston game. I mean, they're so they make it so difficult for mm. us. I think Tommy Wright just seems to know how to play against us this season and every other season <laughs> going by those things. <laughs> uh, you mentioned it the other day. Um, our last convincing win over St Johnston was the semi-final at Tynecastle, mm. and every other game against them has just been it's kind of just a gruelling slog uh, I mean it was 0-0 at Perth at the start of the season um, a 90th minute winner to beat them in the League Cup uh, 
in a tough two-one win. Mm-hmm. So how they, although they hadn't beaten us before this exactly before this season, no, it, it it was always games that could go either way, and I just think that we always seem to struggle against St Johnston, and that's not really going to change anytime soon, going by the looks of things. Before we kind of go on to talk a wee bit more about St Johnston, um, Aberdeen lined up with Christie and McGinn in this game. Uh, we've kind of spoke about this in the podcast. I'd quite like to get your take on it. Um, if it was a case of one or the other in the lead up to the cup final, who would you rather see in the team? Uh, I think Christy or I think again. until you've got that second spot secure, I think you want your best team out on the pitch. So mm. I think that means playing Christy over him again. Um Yeah. I just think right. uh once you've got second spot secure then you can start resting players and then obviously Christy can't play in the final. So um you've Look to give him again some yeah. game time, get him sharp again because he's been missing out a few of the recent games. But in terms of who do you want in the park at the minute, I would have to say Christie. So you think a win against Partick Thistle next weekend, and then you'll see him again back, hopefully from an Aberdeen point of view. Yeah, I would say so. Right, um, Swanson obviously scoring. Uh, it was from this kind of strange back pass free kick um, how much of a miss do you think he's going to be next season because he has had a very very good season for St Johnson or do we kind of do we kind of have enough faith in Tommy Wright that, uh, that yeah that's what I was about be, to say be, like, be some of the parts the kind of good old cliche well, it does seem like that like maybe this is the year that oh next season sorry is the year maybe collapse a wee bit but there's, there's no real said that every season I mean, say it, everyone says it every season it never happens um, no I think they'll be fine because I think Tommy Knight's shown and the backroom staff have shown as well that um, they are very good in terms of their recruitment and I, I think they'll I think they'll be fine I think they'll find an adequate replacement why did I say part of Thistle we're playing Aberdeen next week yeah Hearts yeah. It's, ah, it's Thistle Rangers sorry fake news it's all over the place. Uh, <laughs> I suppose we kind of looking on more kind of St Johnson. Could they catch Rangers? There's six points. Uh, the next game for St Johnson is up against well Celtic. Uh, now that's that's why I don't think they will, because as much as you, but well, well, I don't really know because like both teams, I've got tough run-ins. Like there's, there's no easy games in the top six, I suppose, but I, I can't I can't see St Johnson getting, or I can't see Rangers collapsing to to that extent. I think no, at least pick up points against your party thistles, um, and I'd probably expect Rangers as well to beat St Johnson. But is that a game at Ibrox? Uh, no, it not be, no, it no, the St Johnson Rangers season. Uh, oh, that'll be interesting. Then. Okay, I, I I don't really know, but. It's, I suppose, all nature of the spot is that. <laughs> Although to be fair, St Johnson's away record has been better than their yeah. home form this season. Mm. But yeah, um, an interesting, an interesting one with St Johnson, um, and a very, a very, very good result at Petardry. I mean, obviously, Rangers won. So, you know, at Petardry, but you know, it's not a place where teams have been going regularly and picking up points. So I, and it did seem like the Rangers result did seem like really out of the blue. So can, to, to get I, to get I a result. It? Just what you were saying there, um, talking about the game, because I've obviously not seen it either, but I've seen it highlights and stuff, but the way you described it as losing the first goal and then because you're chasing the game and then they score the second, it's, it sounds very similar to what happened in the Rangers game, 
Yeah. Is that like going to be a problem going forward? Do you think or like because yeah because games but well, Aberdeen games have been very tight this season and you've managed to get like the first. There's goal. been a lot of late goals in yeah, favour yeah. of us this season. Um, but like just the opposite. Like I don't know. I think uh, if we don't score that first goal early on, it becomes very much. We struggle to break the yeah. team down. Um, then you're kind of fighting against time to get that goal. And I think Derek McInnes and the team always feel the onus is on them to chase the game and get that winner. And I think that's what Aberdeen fans expect now as well. So you're kind of chucking bodies forward. Um, and I think there will be games like when you're playing against quality opposition, like St Johnston and Rangers, who do have good players, that they will hit you on the counter and then all of a sudden the game gets away from you type of thing given all we've kind of talked about just now um, kind of one of the big kind of hoodoos I know I love my I know I love my hoodoos and stuff like that in sports uh, the kind of one of the big ones is, is Aberdeen at Ibrox now you're going to be going back down to Ibrox after the split um, Celtic have showed at the weekend that it's not exactly fortress it's not exactly a fortress <laughs> Um Good teams can get results there. Aberdeen are the second best team in the country as it stands at the moment. Do you think it's possible for Aberdeen to get a result, or do you think the kind of this post-split thing, the was it we're standing at twenty years since a win? I think if second place is wrapped up before they go there, then I think they have a very good chance of doing that. Um, in terms of if second is still to play for, mm. McInnes seems to adopt these cautious approaches in big games that go against the grain of what we do week in week out and it doesn't work and I think that's been the problem in terms of big games, it's not because Aberdeen are big game bottlers if you will, it's the <laughs> fact that they play the system that they're not used to mm. in big games and I think that's the same approach you would adopt if second was still to mm. play for going to Ibrox <laughs> but if be strange on where a point would do you and kind of both things not, not even, of, yeah not even that like um, just if second's completely wrapped up and we're confirmed second um, and there's no pressure on us to get a result then I mm. think we'll be in with a better shout so I'm going to say that if second is wrapped up before we go there we'll break the hoodoo interesting right yes um, we will We will move on to the, the final game in the Scottish Premiership top half or championship playoff group uh, as I like as I like thinking of it uh, Hartman Lothian 2 Parcel 2 uh, first half highlights I mean just highlights? non-existent weren't they did they anything actually happen in that first half did the first half actually take place at Tynecastle? I don't know I think Hearts hit the bar that was it yeah there was the I that was we nearly took the bar off to be fair I'm not sure if that's a thing I but um it is not no. <laughs> <laughs> However, oosh, what a second half. Four goals, a red card, can't ask for any more. Uh Crystal a penalty, yes, I and a penalty. Uh Chris Doolin opening the scoring for Thistle, which just he should be marked at the back post, <laughs> surely. Right. Chris Doolin all people. I don't know why. I'll be fine, I'll be fine. It's not as if he scored what, a hundred what, what's that, a hundred and Four, five. <laughs> nah, um, but the interesting one, <laughs> Danny Devine, right, booked and then sent off. Uh, the penalty is one where he's a shot is coming in, he's blocked it, and it has hit his arm. Gentlemen, penalty or no? No. 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 
No. Right, it's deliberate handball, isn't it? So it's, that for me, that's not deliberate handball. To me, it looks as if he's, he's right. I'll stuff. play. I'll play devil's advocate here and say, is it not denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity? I would say no because if his arm wasn't there, it'd probably still hit his body. Right. Yeah. I'm no longer playing devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I, I think thought it was a like really it, strange no, one. I, I just. I think it's very simple. It's just. Not, not, yeah. not a red card. I mean, he, he turns his head away from the ball, so he's not deliberately yeah. blocking it with his hand. I mean, his hands are in close to his body, you so see, it's you not. You actually see it before he like goes in to kind of slide. Like he actually puts, I think it's his left arm. Try to work this out from the vantage point of view, but like he kind of puts it behind his back, and then it kind of brings it back out again. But like uh. obviously. Even though it's not deliberate, I think if, if you're doing that, he's going to block the shot, and you can't block that shot without moving your body in a certain way, and then yeah. you can't move that certain way without putting the, his hands where they are. If you mm. like, like you're, you're not either arms in football. Yeah, like uh. he, he wouldn't be able to make that block. If he, yeah. Sounds a bit stupid, but if he didn't have his arms uh. <laughs> uh, where they where they were. <laughs> uh, so no, it's just it's not a penalty because he can't contort his arms in a weird mm. and wonderful way that will <laughs> completely miss the ball. Um, so yeah, um, Concalves scores the the penalty. If this were down to ten men, however, they go back ahead from Stephen Lawless. I thought it was I thought it was a brilliant goal. Yeah, I really, I like just the fact they kind of ran on to it was what, and, and, and I think it, at first he didn't really realise because it kind of looked the wrong way. And then he kind of like, oh wait, shit, there's a ball in front of me. Like, oh, I'll run up to it. And it was a really, really good finish as yeah. well. And I think Lawless is a guy that this season, I don't think he's... He's not played to his full potential. No, he's really not. Mm. And uh, But certainly I think he had a pretty decent game. Him and Cherney uh, were the standouts, mm. I think. Cherney was kept this on this game, I think, again. And uh, I just like to say that because certain people on this point on this podcast don't particularly like Journey for whatever reason have you got the stats to back that up oh I need to back up yeah well imagine needing facts Uh, and then a very very late late equaliser from Struna uh, for Hearts gets a two each draw but there was it was also like a Calvary's uh, opportunity which is yeah what's your kind of take on Calvary's being this season I think that chance at the end very much sums up his time at Hearts great move Um, Oh, obviously, he's been better than Connor Salmon. I don't think that's um, <laughs> don't think any anything to be pleased about. But he has scored a few goals. But I just think he's not given the returns or the performances that Hearts would have wanted. It's probably still been their best kind of attacking, which is an indictment of Hearts this season. Yeah, he gets himself about, and he is always involved. And I, th- I think he does make. In terms of the correct runs and stuff like that, I think he's a very intelligent striker. However, I don't think his finishing is great. I think he I needs think maybe. S- I think you maybe need somebody else to play with him. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably a good shout. Yeah, I think he'd be a lot better playing alongside somebody. Um, but at the moment, it's it's frustrating because he's capable of it, but I don't think he does it on a consistent basis in terms of his finishing. Mm. Um, there was. There was quite a bit of anger, I thought. Yeah. At the yeah, game from from uh, the Hearts fans. Uh, very, like, I don't want to say venomous almost, but it seemed like, you know, how dare we draw two each apart from Thistle? And it's not as if, from a terrible point of view, but sorry, Ryan, on you, on you go. Uh, 
I think the point to make about this is the two Edinburgh clubs are very intertwined. Uh, so Hearts are always very much looking at what Hibs are doing and vice versa. Um, so even though Hibs have sort of dwelled in the championship for a couple of seasons, they have kind of been reigniting themselves as a force in Scotland right. and they have been, like, they've won the Scottish Cup, they've got that hoodoo off their back, um, they're now back in the Premiership and I just think that there's a bit of a feel-good factor around Hibs at the minute and Hearts fans don't like that. Uh, obviously they've lost the, well, they've been dumped out of the Scottish Cup by Hibs twice in two years, is it? No, two they've played them about uh, four times and haven't beaten them in any of them. Yeah, and I just think Hearts fans are so used to being the team on top in the uh, in the capital, and that is very much in danger of not being the case anymore. Mm. And they take that very much into consideration. Like a draw against Partick Thistle at home, it sticks in the back of their minds. They'll be like the obviously they got beat by Hibs, and then so they'll expect like a a winning streak, if you will. Mm. But then that's not happening, and I just think it's frustration piled on frustration for them at the minute um, which was uh, put, uh, put out at Tynecastle on Saturday I really fear for Cathro next year because if he gets off that really bad start then I think he's gone yeah. I really do because I think already you're getting a large segment of the, of the fan base who could argue I've lost certainly, a, certainly a very vocal one a on Saturday vocal, yeah. they'll have a banner flying over Tynecastle <laughs> third game into the season it's a strange one because he's gone from being in a bit of an untouchable position from the Hearts board to very much his job looks like it could be under a bit of pressure. Mm. It's interesting the whole kind of Hearts thinking, looking at Hibs because it's 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 almost a kind of strange kind of I don't want to say inverse or maybe even a parallel to what it was a few years ago because I remember when the season that both the two teams went down, I remember there have been Hibs fans that are saying, you know. We've we, well actually it was kind of the season after they'd went down and Hearts had been from back and his fans were going, we did everything by the book, we ran the club properly and where are we? Like a year later, us and Hearts are in the championship and they've gotten out of it ahead of us. And there's this weird kind of thing of looking at them and going like, how the hell has this happened? But there, there's Hearts in the Premiership for Christ knows how many, well, what two two seasons now. And there's Hibs that have been languishing in the Championship. And I actually don't think that even when Hibs have been in the Championship, there's not that much between them now. No, I, I think that's the thing. I think Hearts feel threatened by Hibs now. Mm. And I think that's the key point in all this. That it's so they strange haven't that, that, is like, that that can actually be the case, considering how long Hibs have been in the second tier. Uh, but I don't, I don't think the leagues is the problem. I think, honestly, it's the fact that Hibs have won the Scottish Cup. <laughs> that it, it seems strange and almost farcical to say but Hearts fans sort of had this superiority complex mm. over Hibs and over the Scottish Cup type thing and now that's gone and they see Hibs as a sort of force to be reckoned with again and they very much could be in a battle with them for that whatever they end up next season mm. fifth, fourth um, Coming just slightly looking at Thistle, I think this was Kind of, I said this on the preview podcast. I thought that this was Thistle's big opportunity if they were going to finish fifth or ahead of Hearts. They kind of had to win this one. Is that yeah. kind of out of the question now? Do you think? Uh, I'd probably say so. Uh, although I'd also say it's probably, I'd say it's probably Thistle's big chance. It was probably Hearts' big chance as well to get three points in this. 
and this thing like, as, as mad as yeah. that sounds like because at the moment I don't see them picking up many points no well I, I think really don't. that's 5th versus 6th that game so I think all their games are against teams above them now yeah because they got a trip to Celtic Park again the last game of the season Um I think they would they go to Pataudry no we go or, there on go, Sunday right uh, was that Partick sorry okay was uh, that Partick or Hearts you're talking about sorry sorry not uh, Hearts sorry I've yeah. got the fixtures yeah. in front of me, boys. What, what are we looking at? Aberdeen go to Tincastle on Sunday. Yes. Just Hearts is going to remain in games. Cause I, again, for both these two... I don't know. I, I think both these teams, this was the winnable game. Yeah. Which, which mm. seems mad to say, but... Mm. Aye. And I've got a draw of it, so... Yeah. Um, are we all done with the with the top half of the table? I'm going to move on. Do want to move on to Dingwall on Friday night? They are 4-0 win against... Yeah. Uh, Inverness, Cali, Thistle for Ross County. Liam Boyce, all of them. Yeah. All of them, just gives the Liam goals. Boyce all four. is Ross County. <laughs> um, we should say, I, I sent I off for Liam Polworth, you know, just, you know, that's kind of Cali Thistle's yeah. highlights of the game. <laughs> um, they're down. It's that sort of thing we've said before, there's no sign that they're going to, was it now, the point is need to win every game to the end of the season, that's not going to happen. Mm. So but they've won one league game since October, uh, I think it is it's Rangers yeah which is Rangers it's as crazy as it is um, and you don't just pick up form from nowhere you don't just yeah. pick it out thin air and especially when you have a manager that's still one pass in the players four year contract he was given three years to go three fun years they'll sack him <laughs> they'll sack him when they end up bottom of league two it's just I don't I yeah <sighs> I mean, I mean, I think that like that's where the problem stems from is is a point in Richie Foran at the start of the season. It's such a, I mean, obviously it was done for cost saving purposes, mm. but <laughs> surely you've got to think that staying in the Premiership's worth more money than what you're paying your manager. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I could have walked. I could have went both ways, but either way, it was a gamble. Yeah, that's the, and it's just not I just don't think. I just don't think when you're in Inverness's position you can't afford a gamble and it's look where it's got them. Yeah. I mean, his post-match uh, interview was very interesting because he <laughs> kind of talking about how he's got his recruitment wrong and uh, how he didn't sign the right players and the players don't have a bottle and they don't have a fight. Do you think I, he'll be gone <sighs> before the end of the season? No. No. no I think the four-year contract thing I don't think they can afford to pay him off. But yes, um, kind of moving on from Cali because they're, they're, I mean, they're done. That's it. Um, Liam Boyce, Oosh, Oosh, perfect hat trick. Um, and, a, and an extra one. Um, what, <laughs> a perfect four trick. A perfect four trick. Um, <laughs> how important do you think it is to keep a hold of him? Could you see him go to another another team in Scotland? Because this is this is the thing you can't you just can't if you think if you're another team in Scotland and you're looking for a striker, say <coughs> a top half team. <coughs> Rangers. <laughs> yes, um, I think Ross County need to do all within their power. Although that's not a very big reach of power that to keep <laughs> Liam Boyce um, when he plays well. The Ross County play well, and when he doesn't, they don't. Like, I think they went through a very sticky period of, from the turn of the year. That's because Liam Boyce wasn't scoring. Um, I think I saw a stat in the last 
in out of Ross County's last 15 goals he's been directly involved in 12 of them and they've picked up form dramatically in recent weeks so I just think that his presence on the pitch has been their lifeline this season and you'd have to worry about what they'd be what position they'd be in without Does this kind of result um, see Ross County to safety in the league or is, can you not really count this for anything because we're assuming teams are probably going to pick up points against Inverness I mean how do we see this as a kind of in that kind of broader terms in the league I think they would say I think I would say they need one more result uh, yeah, one more victory to, to get to ensure safety are they two points clear of Motherwell and Dundee they are currently three points clear of Dundee yeah so I would say one more result and I think they can consider themselves safe and they've got games against obviously everyone around them and you've got to be confident mm. against those teams when you've got Liam Boyce up front Aye. in the form he is um, we will we will have a look actually one of the teams that was mentioned there uh, Motherwell 2 at Dundee 3 Neil McCann actually, I'd actually like to <laughs> blow my own trumpet here and say I predicted that <laughs> directly on Motherwell 2, Dundee 3. Oh, yeah, sorry. Aye, predictions. The predictions league. Um, Mark O'Hara, Mark, M- Marcus Haber getting two for Dundee, uh, Lou Mole and Chris Cannon, yes. Yep. Getting um, goals for <coughs> getting the goals for Motherwell. Although there's uh, more controversy at Far Park with balls crossing the line and it not being given slash given as a goal. I mean, it seems quite fair that they had one that just didn't cross the line. It's mental how many times it's happened to them this season. Aye. Like the one team. Yeah, it was against right. the last. It was against Dundee the last time as well, up at Dens, yeah, Dens as well, yeah. wasn't it? There was another occasion as well. Was it the Hamilton game? It was. It was a Hamilton game at Fir Park, um, but it was a similar incident. I can't remember who it was, but uh, I for whatever reason they just seemed to be. It was cleared off line from a corner, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Maybe it's just the fog at Fir Park. You can't see. Of course, <laughs> those those big fir trees <laughs> surround the pitch. Um, I don't know. Uh, conspiracy against mm. Motherwell send them down I think looking at that um, the BBC summary there uh, Louis Moult and Chris Cadden scoring and Motherwell still getting beat kind of sums up their season they've had two or three really good players obviously Louis Moult and Chris Cadden have been consistent performers mm. but the rest of the team have just been <laughs> completely non-existent and not doing anything to help the guys in midfield or up front and the issues of Moult as well is that He's been out for a lot of, a lot of the season, yeah. and also when he scores, there's no guarantee they're going to win the game anyway because the defence yeah. is such a. That's what I mean. The, other, the the rest of the team are letting hmm. themselves yeah. down because they're just the the guys up front are doing their job. Uh, Chris Cadden has been a decent performer, but they're just costing their team points. So, so many times we've seen that though, where Motherwell have lost the game. There's been a lot of goals, and Moke's been the only person in the score sheet from from Motherwell. You, you almost feel sorry for him a bit, don't yeah. you? And mm-hmm. you have to wonder how, for how much longer he'll be there if that, because he's not going to accept fighting for relegation in the Premiership when he knows he can be at a better level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, from all those point of view, they'll probably be quite happy that Inverness conceded four at the weekend because it means they don't actually have the worst goal difference in the league. No, sorry, the the worst defence in the league because uh, that means they've only conceded sixty four goals this season. Only. Compared to Inverness's 66. Uh, I'm going to drop it in here, including the 7 at Pataudry. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, you know, it's a, it's, a one, it's a one goal that they've lost. 
it's one goal they've lost the game by the weekend, but I mean, their goal difference is horrendous as well. I mean, it's minus 24. Um, I, you know, when you get into the level points or something, that's an extra point, basically. You know, that is the deciding factor. And, you know, since McManus went off in that game at Celtic Park, Lewis has just been horrendous for them, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's amazing that you we can talk about McManus being the or Motherwell missing a player like him given that he came in for a lot of stick I think when he first signed for them but nah it's just it's just not been their season at all um, and I, I don't know you, I think because as Motherwell you still think well they won't get relegated they'll be okay they'll be safe but again there's not really a lot of signs at the moment and set on the home record I think particular has been really really bad this season um, so I don't know I, I will look that up because I, I got that wrong last week with, with Hamilton apparently Hamilton yes but no actually no the home record is bad it's the worst in the league so anyway. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't take that uh, start from it less fake news by the week uh, I just think Motherwell's problem is they're not getting every th- the potential out of their players that they can um, I think and there's been a few Extremely questionable signings, such as bringing back Stephen Pearson. That has been <laughs> again. Yeah, um, I know mother. I know for a fact Motherwell fans are a bit disillusioned at that, and with the team in general, who just seem to be putting in tragic performances week after week. Um, and as Lewis says, you do just expect Motherwell to be one of these teams that you'll be like, oh, they'll be okay, even if they do reach the playoff. Um, you'll expect them to stay up but there is real concern this season because they're just mm. in a bit of free fall I felt like you're the kind of the, with the, the Barraclough playoff um, the the Battle of Fur Park that, uh, that uh, happened at the end of it you felt that was really a warning sign to Motherwell and considering how, how good they'd been in previous seasons you yeah. know you, you really from my point of view I remember seeing that and thinking because I think I think my local team is either Gretna Livingston or Motherwell I'm not entirely sure um, <laughs> but uh, I remember thinking like that has to be a warning sign from Motherwell that you know this can happen and you really have to strengthen against this kind of thing and if you know we're, we've been talking in recent weeks about Dundee's Hibs-esque slide towards relegation if McCann can pick up more points Motherwell could find themselves in real danger again and it's a bit worrying that no lessons have really been learned from that season when they were in the playoffs Yeah I think that's a very good point but um, even just on the point of McCann I thought he's I thought he spoke really well mm. after the game. That I extra day off for the players. Of course, yeah. yeah. Worked fantastically <laughs> well. Well, it was that thing we were talking about, though, how Hartley was maybe not the most passionate uh, mm. of managers, <laughs> um, to say the least, and how McCann was really brought in there to kind of kick them up the arse almost. And, but, but also, like, it's, it's a weird one, because also maybe just to that whole kind of shoulder cry on type thing type manager which I don't really get the impression Hartley was so he's a man's man get away from me <laughs> so maybe it's just what Dundee I think he's what Dundee needed really um, I'm now picturing Marcus Haber crying on the shoulder of Paul Hartley <laughs> Paul Hartley just kind of shuffling away and not want to be part <laughs> I'm, yeah. just, I'm just imagining Neil McCann and Paul McGowan just giving each other a wee cuddle after a, after a tough 90 minutes no, but, uh, he, he does deserve 
based on this performance alone, he deserves a lot of credit, I think. Um, mm. I think this was something, if you've watched Dundee the last couple of weeks, it's something maybe didn't see coming. Um, that being said, it is against Motherwell at home, so... If they were going to pick up a result, yeah, that was going to be it, wasn't but it? But certainly the signs look good so far. Mm. I'd, I'd, I'd say that. Um, he, he talks well, and the way he set up his team, and I think on paper, certainly, in terms of his strengths, I think they contrast quite well with uh, a lot of Harley's weaknesses uh, when he was managing. Mm. Yes, um, the final the final game of the the, the Premiership fixture list: uh, Hamilton nil, Kilmarnock two. Um, Connor Sam and Jordan Jones scoring the goals for Kilmarnock. Uh, we've talked about this previously on the podcast: uh, the Kilmarnock set pieces in the corners, and again we saw it. It didn't quite come off the way that. It was originally intended because the ball, I believe, is saved by Hamilton keeper, but then it yeah. rebounds. It rebounds out to Connor Salmon, who finishes it. We've talked about this before. What is it? Two or three percent of corners are scored, and this is another way where Lee McCulloch has clearly looked at Kamar and going, "We need to get, we need to get more out of them from from these if we want to get results." And immediately, what eleven minutes into the game, you open up with a goal. Not just that though. You talk about two or three percent. Like I think Kelly before McCulloch came in were actually very poor at set mm. pieces, um, even compared to whatever the average would I put be. A tweet out about this before, and I believe Snowman got in touch saying that uh, that was just horrendous under Lee Clark. Yeah. The, the set pieces. Yeah. So I think that shows McCulloch obviously is very astute and obviously mm. realizes that. Listen, if we can get. Well, it's worked out for him because thinking about the amount of goals that they've got mm-hmm. so far this season since he's been in charge um, directly from corners um, and this this result you could argue has probably saved them uh. I think this is th- th- this one's uh, for me I, I, I don't see them going down now um, I mean they're six, they're six that, points clear of Motherwell I, at the moment I think there's, there's that whole Basically thing seven with that goal difference yeah there's that whole thing people talk about how you need forty points, so maybe you could still say they need that. But I, I, I'd, I'd argue they're safest now, and I think a lot of it is due to McCulloch. And I think I've been very impressed with the tactics uh, so far this season. Yeah, they have they have looked okay from a Hamilton Aki's point of view. Kind of saw this as a one each, but they didn't they didn't score. However, that was mainly I, I would say down to the performance of uh, Woodman in the commander goal. Uh, Fantastic, fantastic game from him. And I know there's been a bit of controversy around the team with uh, Jim McDonald not getting into the team. And to see Woodman put in a good performance, I think will do him a lot of a lot of favours. And it, certainly it, with the fans, it made a really, really good save. Um, it was the call think, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. When and the one he kind of bundles, he's obviously ah. bundling into the net. Um, aye, so he he was he was um, really, really good. On, I, think, uh, on Saturday. I think the thing with McDonald is Woodman's not done anything wrong to take him out of the team. Oh. Um, they almost like Jamie McDonald just wants back in because of his name type thing. Mm. Uh, and a performance like that just proves why Woodman should still be in the team. It's not a bad problem to have, especially if no. you're at the bottom end of the table, to mm. have two goalkeepers competing with each other, really, to get into that squad. Yeah. Um, and it's not competing in the bad way like Celtic. Earlier on in the season with the Vries and Gordon, it's competing as in this guy's just too good, and yeah, the other guy who's actually one of the best keepers in the league can get can get in because his performances have been that good. But yeah, um, it sees 
Kamark 38 points, Hamilnaki's 32. So Hamilnaki's are level on points with Motherwell at the moment, but obviously that, that goal difference is is keeping Motherwell in the playoff spot. Cali Thistle's still bottom. Uh, do you think Kamark will end up with more points than Thistle? Hmm. Potentially, given the fact that Thistle now have to play St Johnston, Rangers, Aberdeen and Celtic. And as you said, the possibility for them to pick up a win was against Hearts, so yeah. potentially could sit around the 42-43 mark. Mm. I mean, this was one I thought was going to be a stick on this season, that 7th was going to get more points than 6th, but it's kind of 4 point advantage now for Thistle. Um, yeah, and there's also the fact of, if Kamara get another win next week, say, uh, well, they just, well, that'll just be their season over and they'll just put the foot off the gas. Yeah. You almost hope not. One, one foot on the beach. You <laughs> <laughs> almost hope not, just because it makes the league look and the format look a bit strange, if you mm. will, and it just almost kind of invites people to kind of mock it. Yeah, mock the Scottish because game. we because we view it as one league table, whereas it should be viewed as two completely yeah. separate league tables: yeah. a championship playoff group and a relegation first leg playoff group. However, <laughs> English people will look north and. Not and we'll look at it as one table and just my grand presume, could create, yeah. My grand could create a better league, league layout <laughs> table than that. Um, are we kind of done with the Premiership, lads? Anything else we kind of want to add from the weekend? Uh, just a goodbye to Inverness. Cheerio. It's, been fun. it's just a bit of a shame given the fact that they've won the Scottish Cup and been in Europe and sort of been waving the flag for Scotland in Europe and it's then all a fall from grace. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're going to be falling out of the Premiership. Sort of. And it's not even you can. Uh, certainly from when I've seen them this season, it's not as if you can say, ah, but you know, there was this kind of thing about the John Hughes Falkirk team, wasn't it? You're kind of going, ah, well, they were a good footballing team. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> I, I, I'd hate to be an Inverness fan, almost just. Because of this year, the the sheer contrast and emotions that they will have at the minute, um, and going at just the size of the club, you, they might even struggle to come back up straight away. I think that's given. I don't yeah. think they'll. Well, yeah, I don't just know. they'll lose a lot of money, revenue. I think there'll be a lot of. We see a lot of their staff laid off as well, which is never nice to see. No, and I think they'll be pretty much. We all focus on the playing side. Yeah, it's just next season. On the financial side of things, I think it'll be a bit of a, as Lewis says, a tricky issue because they put a bit more money into the club um, and the wages fall on their uh, run in Europe. So that's all going to have to get completely cut. Um, you'll wonder how many of the players there will mm-hmm. stay. There might be a complete overhaul. The thing is, as well, it kind of backs up what a lot of the critics were saying earlier that season were foreign was. A lot of people are saying cheap, cheap options and stuff. I think that's been proven to be mm. completely, completely true. To be honest, yeah. Uh, and then obviously you just link it back to the Richie. You can all stems from a point in Richie Foran. Yeah, sad. But however, we will move on. We will move on oh, to the Scottish Championship. Of course, one team does have to go. That is the <laughs> yes, uh, the beauty of relegation <laughs> or the, the curse. Or Unless it's the times when we restructure the leagues and certain of teams course, yes. Aberdeen, uh, don't get relegated. Uh, <laughs> we will. We will move on because well, from relegation from the Premiership, from relegation to the champ from the Championship, uh, St Mirren and Wraith Rovers, the big one. What, what, a, what a goal for that! Round of so, applause. A big, a big scoreline. Uh, 
saying this, I thought Stevie Mallon scored a hat trick here. Well, but he did, but, but I mean, more so than the one that's been plastered Oh, the, the absolute screamer. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say the pick of the bunch of these three, but there appears to be an own goal here from the BBC's. Uh, just give him the hat trick, man. Come on, if you can score that goal, you deserve it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, major kind of talking points from this game uh, the John Hughes rant afterwards. <laughs> finger wagging. <laughs> I think it was uh, wasn't just his finger that was wagging; it was his entire body <laughs> <laughs> rocking back and forth. That in front of Mike, I think he even slapped the interviewer at one point. <laughs> just doesn't seem quite, he's, he's quite a really interesting character when he's like sixty and that. Uh, like, when he comes kind of like Jeffrey's age. Uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean the kind of the kind of go to thing. With the kind of John Hughes teams in the past, it's always been character, commitment, you know, given 100%. 5-0. Yeah. Can't shoot I mean, up for any of these boys. No. I mean, I know St Mirren have been good recently, and, you know, it's a, it's a kind of almost, almost a, I don't want to say a false position. St Mirren are there because they deserve to be there, but 5-0. Yeah. The current the current team and the current setup at Samaritan don't deserve to be there. I would say, um, obviously, they deserve to be there in terms of their season as a whole. Alex Ray, who was uh, at uh, Ibrox at halftime, wasn't he? Uh, Alex Ray, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> an Ibrox legend, as he was uh, described. Uh, but know, around the uh, <laughs> around of applause for the Celtic fans. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan, for interrupted yeah. you there. They were they were there because of their early season form. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, it's not the current team or um, Jack Ross's fault in any way that they're there. Um, and I think it is a bit of a result that you could have seen coming. Wraith are, for want of a better word, <laughs> dire. Um, <laughs> they just they're not a football team at the minute. Uh, well, Simbirin are of the quality of a team higher up in the the league uh, I don't know what Wraith's exact form in, but Wraith's exact form is but it's not great uh, two wins in the last ten I'm not really I'm not really willing to venture no sorry three wins in the last ten mm. however there's a lot of losses in there yeah um, um, they just they can't seem to get themselves out of that relegation playoff spot um, and very much look like they're going to stay there this was a question I was going to say. Um, given the fixtures next weekend, uh, considering that Wraith Rovers will be playing Air United, Air United need to beat them five 0 Is it to? Oh, uh, yes, I believe so. There has yep. to be there has to be a swing of ten goals. That's not and going to it will then go. It will then go to goals scored. <laughs> I'm thinking of the permutations of this, but the fact that there has to be a five 0 win for Air United. But, yes. then, but then again, it is Wraith. Then again, it wouldn't be the first time they've lost five 0 in a week. So. <laughs> no. Uh, just um, out of interest, the uh, Wraith of uh, Slash are missing prices to five and two pounds for this game. Oosh. The Air United game. Oosh. So obviously, uh, what a bumper crowd in there to help mm. uh, avoid. <laughs> what does a Wraith bumper crowd include? Uh, uh, well, both stands that are actually half decent. <laughs> um, but of course, so that's very offensive. <laughs> Um, but no, a good uh, a good initiative to get people into the ground. But it might not mean much if St Mirren can pick up anything Easter Road. But that's that's a big big ass considering um, Hibs won four 0 against the United at the weekend. And it'll be the kind of title party. Aye, uh, 
quite weird to say for him, but <laughs> <laughs> aye, I don't know. It's still quite tough to tell, but certainly getting beat five 0 in that game doesn't bode well going into this one. Uh, I mean, there's getting beaten up. Relegation six pointer there, getting beat five now. Relegation six pointer. There's like a, yeah. a tight two one or like a three one, and the final goals coming like kind of counter attack. But this game was done very early on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be very very interesting at the bottom of the championship uh, next weekend, considering considering the results. Um, just a brief thing on Stevie Marlin. Uh You think he'll be there next season? No, no. That's... Well, what what's his current contract? I'm gonna say still. I'm gonna say I think he's got another year. Yeah, he's got at least another year, but surely he's because he, his early season form wasn't be. particularly. Yeah, but great, I, think, but I think there was always the idea that there was a player in there, but mm. like, they were very low in confidence, and they had Alex Ray as a manager. So, yeah, but uh, I, I, he's he's good enough to be in the Premiership. Aye. And he's good enough to play in England as well, uh, and a decent level in England. So it's obviously up to him, but it just depends who's interested, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah. Who's willing to pay the money for him? Because mm. they might even just well, there's not not just obviously the the money they'd be paying, and there'd be probably a compensation fee yeah. as well. So. Development, yeah. So they'd probably get some. So it probably would be England if. People might even look at uh, to get him on a pre-contract, so he sees out the year at St Mirren, and then. Doesn't yeah. uh, forego his stay there. But um, an interesting one. Um, interesting uh, as well. The same the top, but the the just below the top. A uh, two each draw for Falkirk against uh, Queen of the South, um, which was going to be Dundee United's big opportunity to to leapfrog them. So they'd avoid Morton in the first was. half. Yes, it was. However. <laughs> Two each draw with uh, Dumbarton. Tony Andrew and Mickelson scoring for Dundee United. Uh, Thompson and Vaughan scoring for Dumbarton. Uh, just a huge, huge missed opportunity because there is only one game <laughs> left uh, for Dundee United. You don't, don't want to come up against this Morton team because I've, we've been, we've talked about this before um, with the you know, with the, the length of the season and, you know, getting the squads ready for the playoffs. Um, I listened to Sports Sound on Sunday and Jim Duffy was saying, I'm just gonna rest my players up until the <laughs> up until the next game because so that they're they're, they're fresh nice and honest. Yeah. Um, and I think you can kinda see that from their result uh, again beaten three one by them <laughs> <laughs> You know, Martin are Martin are certainly looking ahead to this game and I would not you just don't want to play Morton, do you? Really? We could potentially have three Dundee United Morton games in a row, couldn't we? Yeah. Mm. Which is interesting. <laughs> the way it's getting all worked out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't really know how. Well, Falkirk got the Barton away next week. And Falkirk got a weird one because they really should have been beating Queen of the South at home. But I don't know. I, I think they'll beat the Barton. I, I, I know the Barton at home. They, I think I don't know. I I think Falkirk will have enough next week. I know that they have to win, and the fact it's against the Martin, I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll win. And I'd be surprised if Falkirk don't finish second. I expect Falkirk to finish second, and I expect it to be a Dundee United Morton in the first round of the promotion playoffs. Interesting. Best of three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should just have it. They should just go MLB with it, shouldn't they? 
What's the seven? S P L L C S. I um, but yeah, and I suppose the other kind of kind of touched on everything, haven't we? I mean, Air United getting horsed by Hibs. That's pretty much then done. Unless they went five 0 Unless they went five 0 which uh, is not going to happen. <laughs> Good luck. Yes, yeah, so all the best to, to the local team at United. Um, I think that's kind of us for the championship, isn't it? We're going to have a more kind of in-depth thing once... Everything's kinda, sorted. Everything's yeah. sorted out, yeah. We'll have more of a kind of look at who's who's coming up to the Premiership, who's going down to League One and There's another transition week. Yes. Trans- uh, championship. This is an week. Um, but on... You know, speaking of League One, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on to League One. Uh, Stenhouse Muir Football Club. Two 0 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. win at Queens Park. Oh my yep. God, Lewis! Yeah, did not see this one coming. Uh, <laughs> I suppose it's that thing. I mean, if Vanessa are going to get any hope of uh, <laughs> survival relegation, all they need to look at is Stenhouse Muir. Um, yeah, they kind of say always shows. I don't know if it's. I think it was his first goal. It was a, Absolute unbelievable! Screamer. Yeah, we should actually say we should actually say ten man Stenhouse Muir because I was sending off ten minutes to go, but yeah. really, but yeah, we'll give we'll give him that. I, I, I mean, a peer ahead of good. I think an hour next. Yeah, they do, which is actually was the first game of the season as well. A nice wee mirror there, uh, but they're at home and their home record is utterly horrendous. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's by far away the worst in the league. And I don't know. They started quite well as well, Peterhead, didn't they? Am I wrong? I think it beat 4 0 by Howard in the first game of the season. But Roughly, like the I first, think, first I, 10 I games, they, yeah, they didn't yeah, really seem they, in any danger. They didn't really, no. I think they probably tailed off a lot in the past, kind of, not in the latter stages of the season. But it's mostly because they haven't been picking up any points at home and they haven't been picking up nearly enough points against the. The, le- the so-called lesser teams in the division even though they're f- f- finishing 10th anyway a team up here ahead shouldn't be getting relegated but they're in that position now and it's it's, 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 it's really, on the verge of happening here isn't metal. it yeah it really is I, just, I mean Stennis Muir have got uh, they have Brecon at home next week it's a one-all game but obviously Brecon will still be looking over their shoulder because they'll be wanting that playoff spot so it's a it's not an easy game for them either, but I don't know. I, I still got a feeling Peter Head could could maybe could maybe do it. I know that that sounds like conflicting because mm. obviously saying they've got a great result this week and surely you think they'll take so much confidence from that. When's the last time Stenny won two games in a row? Uh, this no. that, yeah well well no no, <laughs> no the last the last game was a one one against Peter Head. So uh, b- before that, I mean, oh, like <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, so they're picking up form at the, the correct uh, time. I was going to say, listening, listening back to the bus boy. The really correct time, though, because there's not a lot of time left <laughs> to, to say at least. I was going to say, listening back to previous bus boys this season, you can probably find out and you'll probably get a kind of. Uh, oh, oh, they get absolutely hammered at the start of the season. <laughs> absolutely hammered. Uh, then I came into the picture and they actually done a wee bit better. But <laughs> no, I, 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 during the kind of. December, January, they picked up a wee bit of form, but they were still bottom. I think psychologically they'll be all, a bit, they'll take a big confidence boost from the fact they're not bottom. I think that's huge for them. 
even if it's only one point ahead of Peterhead, that's absolutely massive. So it's still very difficult to tell. But uh, mm. I think obviously the big ones, Peterhead. Like I think it's all in there. Uh, it's up to them now. It really is. Although it sounds weird because they're bottom anyway. But you know what I mean, like because. I don't know if I see Steny beating Breakin, given Breakin have quite a lot on the line. So it's really, for me, I think it's up to... It depends on whether Spearhead actually get a result or they don't. Yeah, um, kind of look back over the, the other kind of the other kind of big results. I'm a 4-0 win for your Jonians. Oosh. Yeah. <laughs> nice to see that they've picked up a Andy Ryan fun. got all... No. no all pay, uh, sorry. All, no, you got a hat-trick. You got a hat-trick. Southern Russell's getting getting one uh, away from them. Uh, in terms of in terms of the league table, um, I mean a bit of a bit of distance put between Airdrieonians, Brecon, and East Fife and Queens Park. Um, can you see? You think this is going to be the way? Do we think this is going to be the way that the the league table is going to finish, boys? Uh, with Airdrieonians and Brecon in those final positions. Two playoff positions. Those final two playoff. Positions. Oh, I think you can count out Queens Park. I don't think they'll. I think they can. I think considering the goal difference as well, now it's pretty yeah. much done. They needed a win. Yeah, or even just to stay within touching distance. Um, East Fife still, they have a better goal difference than the other. Uh, than fourth, four, third, and fourth. Yeah. 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 So they're if they can get a win, um, they're very much in with a chance. I don't know. It just could go anyway in League One. You just can't mm-hmm. really predict who's going to beat who. It's been very much like that all season. Um, and I suppose. Sh- you would think Stranraer are safe. Oh, no, no, all those teams are, are fine. So, oh, you mean from... Well, Stranraer are safe pretty much from relegation now, considering the results at the weekend. Oh, yeah, sorry, um, yeah. Well, mathematically they're safe as well. There's no chance of them going down. So Unless there is a... No, there's not. A 15-goal swing. <laughs> they're four points ahead, are they not? Three. Oh, are they? Oh, sorry. It's, three. it's wrong in my whatever I'm using. Oh, um, so oh, unless unless no. there's a 15 goal swing between Stenhouse Muir and Stranvar, which I'm going to say is the big will not happen next weekend. I'm, I'm going to say it will happen then. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stranvar can suddenly have down tools and they're up against East Fife. Could happen. It's that whole thing where you think, oh, well, having said I won the league, so they'll down tools. And they just have 1-4-1. <laughs> so you can never really tell, but usually in football that does tend to happen. So One foot on the beach. Yeah, maybe. I, I, that's kind of why I think they're ahead of one. Or at least I've got a better chance of winning on Saturday compared to Stennis Muir. Mm. It's just because oh, I've got really nothing to play for. But then they've also been picking up points recently, so it's you never really know. But, uh, but you think the same with Livingston? I mean, they won the league. Yeah, yeah. Well, ages ago, the big one. Yeah. Still been. I mean, I know they are a class above the rest of the teams in the league, mm-hmm. but they still have been dominating games and picking up big wins. Um, so kind of running through some of the other results that we haven't really looked at. Um, Alawa winning one nil against Stranraer, but barring a miracle, are safe. Uh, Reconsider is one 0 against Albion Rovers, four 0 for Adrianians against East Fife, four one for Livingston against Peterhead. Um, kind of just rounding off what's been a fantastic season. I know we've kind of briefly spoke about that for Livingston. How do you think they'll get on in the championship next season? Get you think so? <laughs> yeah. What makes you think that? I don't think they're as good as teams in that division, which is weird. But I, I think, think there's we need just a... such a massive gap between. 
a League One and a half almost, or League Zero Point Five. Or in just between. League One and League Two at Merge. You right? can almost <laughs> you can almost just look at Air United as an example. Um, I know they did come up through the playoffs, yeah. but um, it's kind of the similar level I at think the so, minute. Yeah. I think so. um, and I just don't think I'd probably agree with Lewis. I don't think Livingston have the depth or the quality to compete with many other teams in the championship. They'll, they'll, get, they'll have a decent account. Give a decent account of themselves, I think. But yeah, no, I don't think it'll be embarrassing relegation. But I can't see them. I really can't see them. It's too much. I get. That's the thing. Even at the playoffs, <laughs> Wraith Rovers are going to face one of those three teams. Mm. Or St. Mirren. Or St. Mirren. But like, there's a massive gap between just that, I think. Right, I mean, I was going to. I mean, if, if St. Mirren stay in that division, I can see them finishing top half next season. Yeah. I mean, there's a fair chance they could get relegated. But I mean, this is the thing you're probably going to go up against a top half championship team in that playoff. It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, if St Mirren do somehow end up in that um, relegation playoff, um, nobody's getting promoted. Yeah, quite, quite, <laughs> sim- quite simply. Um, I think the teams in League One can wave goodbye, and then it just makes all the clamour for those promotion playoff spots a bit of a false, sad, a false pretense. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's obviously the way the playoffs work in the lower leagues. It's obviously. I think it's a much fairer system yeah. than the top yeah. three. And oh, it's, absolutely. it's definitely easier for the World League side to progress, but. Just what's happened. I can't. You know, yeah. I, really, I, don't, I think there's such a massive gulf between those teams. Um, we will we will move on from talking about relegation from the Championship to League One, League One to League Two. Uh, looking at League Two. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, um, the results of the weekend, Clyde won, Barrett Rangers won in the kind of big relegation six-pointer, that good footballing cliche, uh, nobody really got a six points, it was one point each. Uh, Which probably suits them, well, well kind of suits them. It kind of suits them considering that Cowden Beath drew as well. Yeah. Now, we're going to go into the final round of fixtures, meaning that if Cowden Beath win and Barrett Rangers lose, or Clyde lose, Cowden Beath are out. Can you see that happening in the final round, Lewis? Because Let me check who Cowdenbeath are travelling to Elgin City. Which Clyde should be a guaranteed three points, given how awful <laughs> Elgin have been recently. Elgin, Elgin will take. Elgin will go two 0 up, for ten minutes go, and then they'll chuck it away. <laughs> Seems to be the way they seem to like to do things at the minute. Um, I, 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 I was quite surprised Clyde didn't get us get the job done on Saturday. Mm. I think that home that we've got the fourth best home record in the league. Um, so if they had the chance to I mean they've got the worst away record by quite a distance in the league in fact they've got, they've only picked up 9 points um, and the closest to that is Aaron have picked up 18 double the points they've picked up so I, I do I do kind of fear for Clyde a wee bit next week I think there's a big chance Montrose could, could get a result there um, obviously and I think Montrose will still be fighting for yeah they'll still be fighting for fourth place so they've still got something to play for I know obviously Elgin do as well but Elgin have just been so wretched recently mm. you don't see them picking up any points which sounds mental but um, yeah and I suppose from a Cowdenbeath point of view the fact that they were down Better to got Edinburgh are, I mean, sorry to be fair Edinburgh are, they've got a lot of confidence recently they've won the last three mm. games but there was that whole thing again with the one foot in the beach, whatever what call it. Like. 
90th minute Derek Varadin yeah. winner, we should yeah. we should well, yeah, say for the Edinburgh yeah. City game. Uh, it was a cracking goal to goal. be fair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think the thing to note about that game is more the sentimental side of it. I think Edinburgh City's last game at Meadowbank before they relocate to share a ground with Spartans for the next Easily three Park. seasons. Yeah. Interesting. So, they'll be back though, won't they? Yeah, but it's like a That's redeveloped this, yeah. redeveloped, so in front of that old big stand that'll be their last game there. <laughs> I, I won't mess up. <laughs> um, I th- just very briefly going back to Ken Booth before we look at the top of the table which probably should have done considering what the hell happened um, I suppose it links back to this Cowden Beef game 10 men as well they played a lot of that second half with, with 10 men Cowden Beef um, do you think that'll give them a bit of I don't know I don't want to say you know I'm trying to think of the word to belief in next week you know if we're going up against a team that was top of the league and we didn't lose them and they kept us in it or do you think it's just I I just that mm. psychological thing where mm. you're relying on results elsewhere? No, you'll know six. I don't know. I th- I'd say it's probably it's, it's a tough one, mm. it really is. And I, I, I've got a sneaky feeling that Clyde could <laughs> just, just the way how this season's panned out, how Clyde were safe pretty much but they've not <laughs> managed to really rubber stamp it uh, going up against controls given their awful away record I think they would have liked to have this all all done by now and it's not and I think the fact it's not done just kind of would scare me if I was a Clyde fan mm. they should have enough but I don't know I've got I've got a wee kind of sneaking suspicion. Yeah, but mm. things could because there's always a lot of drama in the last day. Tossing and turning at night. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I want my beloved Clay to go down. Um, at the top of the table, we should you know you, you know yeah. just a just a Can't change of just a change of you know first place last day of the season. Yeah. Uh, our both three to one against Elgin City and the one each draw between Cowdenbeath and Forfar meant that our both went top of the league. Uh, mm. Right, record with a. Patrick, yes. um, absolute scenes by the way if you watch the <laughs> highlight or, or, or just watch the goals um, like the other fans go absolutely fucking mental when these goals go on but uh, aye this and rightly so because it's I, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to see our growth back up again I just think I, I don't think they, they, they shouldn't be in League 2 and they they, they should have been in League 2 last year mm. with the whole whatever happened without the collapse but It'd be nice to see them back up there. Very much a case of how Elgin don't want to secure a playoff spot. <laughs> Forfar don't want to win the league. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's just scandalous, isn't what? it? Two wins in the last ten for Forfar, none for Elgin. What were their uh, how many points ahead were Forfar at one point? It's not like fourteen, fifteen. It's something mental because I actually predicted Forfar to win the league this year. And yeah, I I couldn't believe their collapse. I think everyone was just kind of presuming. Oh well, they'll eventually just get hang of it it's just a wee sticky spell in the season and it's just not worked out that way at all it's relegation form that <laughs> yeah. they've actually seemed to have found from somewhere from being 14 or 15 points clear to be fair the, the form of the, the majority of teams but Elgin and uh, our pro fan <laughs> for, for the form of all three of them wasn't great mm. but uh, it's just it's that a strange thing. league yeah it's a very strange league I don't think anyone really wants to win it but not no, our both want to win it. I thought you were saying wants to watch it. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, no, no, I thought it was 800 that uh, Albroth or yeah. Saturday come on. <laughs> no, I thought it was you that was about to slate it. Oh. Not me. <laughs> um, I was going to round off the, the scorers from the, the Bucky Thistle 2 East Colbride 2 game, but uh, our, our, our sources can't, uh, can't give us the, the result, which is interesting. Penn scored the second Penn, one. Yes, Penn. <laughs> interesting. Bucky Thistle actually not losing this game, considering they don't even want to be in the... In the uh, the top tiers. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Well, they did do their best to chuck it away in the second half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I think even how you don't want Bucky, Bucky don't really want to go up, you just expect East Cobride to win anyway. <laughs> As Campbell loses it in the corner. <laughs> right. The reason why this is funny is because we're honestly looking at like four week uh, footballs. I know. <laughs> There's no names to the footballs. It's just you see two wee footballs at the end. He's go by because that's, that's what they scored. Yeah, yeah. You you just there we go. Oh, there we go. There we go. Angus, Angus, Urquhart, Woods, and McLean. McLean. There you go. And it was two one at half time. There you go. Excellent. So what? we can we can actually find out what was going on with this game. Do I take it away goals and that don't count in this format? I'm assuming they don't in any of the Premiership playoffs. Premiership, I. Scottish playoffs <laughs> Clown Yeah um, You just kind of Expect East Kilbride To go on and Win that tie now Really don't you With a fortress K-Park yeah. yeah I think If Bucky Thistle Had any chance Of doing anything It would be At home And They've kind of Chucked that away It's going to be EK Clyde It's going to be a, It's going to be <laughs> Absolutely Next level scenes Oh god Unlimited scenes If we're talking about the whole Like Scottish If you love narratives Yeah that like (laughs) Clyde getting replaced by the team who Like Were formed because they didn't want to relocate To East East Kilbride Like it's just That was so cruel Like I I I don't even know how I, I can't put that into words How massive that would be And I don't think a lot of people really are understanding the like, what could actually happen here, and it's still possible. Um, there's still a slight chance this is this could actually happen. Yes, which is which is worrying for all concerned at Clyde. Um, we will we'll wrap up talking about the the PFA Player of the Year shortlists. Um, we've got the the Player of the Year and the Young Player of the Year. Um, the Players of the Year shortlist. If I can actually speak, which appears to be not possible at the moment. I've got Mr. Dembele, Stuart Armstrong, Scott Sinclair, Penn. Penn <laughs> and Johnny Hayes for Player of the Year. Um we, we expected a Rangers name to be in this, but I think after that the weekend probably not. Who? I expected Miller. Just from the kind of politics of the Scottish kind of football. Players and all that, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I from Aberdeen point of view. We have and from, from, and from me, like, I, I, I think it should be Kenny McLean. If an Audi player should be in there, it's almost um, a bit of a a lazy nomination, if you like. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like, oh, Hayes is Aberdeen's best player. He's linked with mm. players down south. He's uh, clubs down south. He's got to be their best player. Um, but if you have seen Aberdeen on numerous occasions this season, he has blown a wee bit hot and cold, um, and. Uh, definitely think McLean and Shane have been more consistent mm. and are more worthy of a mention possibly I mean that's not to say that Hayes hasn't had a good season I mean mm. he's been crucial for Aberdeen but I just think that 
if you were to be fair, McLean would have been a better option. Or Shinny. This was this was Tom well I know Tom McKinnon was kinda of asking this. Who's that? <laughs> uh, the the Tom McKinnon. Do you know what uh, today is? What is today? The one year anniversary of uh, the Dun Derby. <laughs> oh sad. Hopefully he's got that marked on his whiteboard. Um <laughs> Uh, he was going to ask him this about Johnny Hayes, uh, his nomination for Player of the Year. But uh, I would expect it to go to to, to Shinny or something like that. But nah, I think McLean's the obvious one for me. I think uh, he, he's had the best. Like, as you said, probably not Aberdeen's best player on paper. However, in terms of who's had the best season, I think it's far away McLean. There's, yeah, there's no it, argument. It is, um, it is McLean or Shanae have been ahead of Hayes this season in terms of their performances and as I say, I just think as it is a bit of a lazy performance. They've just gone with who's Aberdeen's <laughs> player on paper. That would yeah. that should make the, the shortlist. Um, with regards to the the uh, the player of the year shortlist, um, we've got a question in from uh, at Richie number seven on Twitter asking us uh, thoughts on Chris Boyd's exclusion from this year's PFA player of the year shortlist. Um, sadly, Kelly Cal isn't here to to address this, but I know he definitely would have have uh, backed that up. Um, I mean, is there anyone <laughs> apart from Chris Boyd that we think maybe should have gotten in? I mean, no one have kind of spoken about Aberdeen, but anyone out with. Boyce. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Liam Boyce. Um, just the, f- the sheer amount of goals he scores for the amount of chances Ross County create, it's just it's phenomenal. Um, we've had this kind of discussion before, but if you stick him in another team that create double the amount of chances that Ross County do, he's got double the goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think what he he I've said it before. He is Ross County at the minute, and but you're never really going to get a player nominated nah. from. The uh, from a team who are struggling in the relegation playoff, mm. um, and the young player of the year nominations, um, equally as dominated by Celtic, uh, Kieran Tierney, Patrick Roberts, Mr. Dembele again. So I think it's safe to assume he's probably going to win that. Cycler, uh, young player. No, uh, oh, oh, I thought you meant both. Dembele's been nominated for Young Player and Player yeah, of the yeah, Year. Yeah, no, so that, yeah, it's yeah. kind of that one where I remember the Oscars a few years ago. Toy Story got nominated for Best Picture and then was Best Animated, was nominated for Best Animated Picture. I'm just like, why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just have to recognise everyone else. And uh, Jason Cummins, Come Dog, The Road Dog. Striker. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's a strange one with Roberts being in there. I think he is a yeah, very, very like good Ro- young player. Ro- but like Roberts deserves. <sighs> it's been a bit. I mean, it... he's not been in the team. I don't know. James well, Forrest has been playing most of the season. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would have Roberts there. Nah, it's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, it's not even like you can say oh, it's just a stick a Celtic player in there because you've got <laughs> you've got Tierney and Dembele and then all the other nominations elsewhere. But uh, yeah, I, d- I don't see how they've. Is it the players that nominate? Yeah, I think I actually think it is. And I think, I think if that's the case, then you can kind of see why Hayes has got on his like because it's yeah, the, who's the best player that can play the game? Like, I imagine a lot of people find Patrick Roberts quite a difficult player to play against, and maybe that's where the people's like to say to say the least. Yeah, I mean that's where people's kind of thought process here. But yeah, um, I think if you know <laughs> you follow Celtic this year, you'll probably realise that he's actually. Played 
not that that much for Celtic. Slowly has had good contributions. I'd you know, yeah, forced us on his game. You'd probably rather have him in the head of him, probably. Um, yeah. As far as I'm aware, guys, that's it. I think we've I think we've exhausted we've exhausted all four all four leagues. The League Two playoff. That's all the questions we've got. Um, as far as we're aware, a podcast later in the week probably not going to come your way. I think the next time. The pitch. <laughs> I think the next time you're going to hear from us is going to be next week. Right? Um, yeah. Aye. So we'll 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 speak to you at some point in the near future. Goodbye. <laughs>